All right, church. Well, this morning, uh, you have the opportunity to hear from a friend. Uh, many of you know Bill, and if you know Bill, you know him as a friend. Um, Bill Boylan is somebody uh, that I've just been getting to know over the last couple of years as we've come back. And the first opportunity I had to hear him was at our men's retreat this last year. And er everything I heard after your talk, Bill, was just like, can we have more? <laughs> can we have more? We wanted, we wanted more time with Bill. Um, it was so good. And, and listen, he is... Um, you know, I, I have to be somewhat a theologian to be able to come up here and, and share about the, uh, the, you know, and teach the word of God every week. But my, my goal is usually to make it as simple as I can. Now, Bill is a theologian. He's, he's just such a deep thinker and a smart man, and he's a teacher. And, um, and so I have every confidence that you're going to be blessed this morning. Um, he is an author and a writer. He has uh, several books that you can find right over here in the corner. Be, be sure to check out his websites as well. He is um, just an incredible person, and, and I wanted you to have the chance to hear his voice this morning. He's going to be talking about joy. Would you welcome Bill to the stage this morning? I'm really grateful that Derek arranged that I can kind of move around here a little instead of being stuck up behind one of these things. So I, uh, I'm a teacher, not a preacher. And so I use notes and I kind of wander around loose. And my wife uh, says I'm a strange little man, so, so you'll just have to bear with me this morning. Um, just by way of introduction, I'm interested in a lot of trivia, and uh, I always like to see why people make excuses for not going to church or not attending services. And this is, this is true. A man uh, one week told his pastor the reason they hadn't been at the service the last Sunday is because his wife cooked bacon for breakfast, and the whole family smelled like bacon, and they didn't feel it was appropriate to come to church that day. So, you know, we, we do things like that. Um, I hope as you came in, you got a copy of my handout to take notes. If not, there's some in the back. And uh, so I'm just going to share with you this morning some teaching about joy. Um, I'm watching my voice. Uh, I don't have COVID-19, just some allergies. So just bear with me. Um, I want to start by saying that for some people, and, and some of you, perhaps, these are kind of dark days with the pandemic, um, riots in some of the cities. I see there was some shooting in Denver yesterday, was it? Um, wars going on in different parts of the world. I have a friend in Armenia He's very concerned about his wife and children and their family because of the war going on there right now. And for some people, it, this is just a dark time. And maybe, maybe you're one of those people. I don't know. I don't know. But I hope that what I share with you this morning will, will uh, help to deal with that. So um, I, I just want to start by asking this question. Deep down, 
inside of you, at the very core of your being. Are you a happy person or an unhappy person or a joyful person? Now, maybe you don't really know that, but your friends and family do. Uh, my wife knows whether I am or not. Uh, so you need to ask yourself that question. Are you, uh, at, you know, at your very core of your nature, are you a happy person, an unhappy person, or a joyful person? Um, you're the only one, and actually it's a decision you make. You're the only one who can make that decision to be a happy person, unhappy, or joyful. Um, you weren't born that way. Um, you, you get to choose. It doesn't occur just by magic. Sometime in your life that you wake up and all of a sudden you're happy or unhappy or full of joy. You, you make those choices. I make those choices. And uh, so at some point in time, you get to choose. At whatever age, you get to choose whether you're going to be basically a happy person, an unhappy person, or a person full of joy. And people around you know. And so I hope today that uh, maybe I can help you make some choices if, if you need to it. So let me put it another way. Throughout your day-to-day -day life, just on a daily basis at work, play, school, uh, do you generally enjoy life? Now the word enjoy is just a little word, five-letter word, but in English, if you put the letters E-N in front of a word, that means to put something into something. For example, the word encourage means to put courage into something, somebody. So the word enjoy, E-N-J-O-Y, means to put joy inside of a person. My, my basic thing I, I want you to hear this morning, if you don't have joy, if you're not a joyful person, if you don't enjoy life, Holy Spirit wants to give you his joy. It's that simple. That's basically, basically what I wanted to say this morning. If you are not a joyful person, Holy Spirit wants to give you his, his joy. So here's, here's my first kind of major statement for, for my teaching. Happiness and joy are not the same. They're poles apart. They're not even close. They have nothing to do with one another. Never confuse happiness and joy. They're not the same in the Bible, and they're not the same in real life, ever. In the entire Bible, the word happy occurs 26 times. The word joy and some of its derivatives like enjoy or rejoice or joyful occur over 300 times. Um, and so I'm gonna try to define those for you. The definitions are not even close between happy and joy. Happy has a very simple definition in English. Any dictionary 
Here's what it says. An emotion or feeling. That's what happy is. An emotion or feeling. Period. Or I should clarify that a feeling or emotion of pleasure. But they're just emotions. Joy is a word that's not quite that easy to define in the Bible. And so here's the Bible's definition of joy. It's not a feeling or an emotion. The Bible defines joy this way, as a state of abiding, underlying satisfaction in my growing relationship with God and resolving to fully cooperate with God in joint, joyful control of my life. I'll say that again. Joy is a state of abiding, underlying satisfaction in my growing relationship with God. I guess the simple question, do you have a relationship with God? And resolving to fully cooperate with God in joint, joyful control of my life. That's the Bible's definition of joy. Well, let's back up a bit now and look at happy. Examine that a little bit. Uh, Some additional definitions. First, and this is really basic, happy or unhappy depends on happenings. I hope that makes sense. Uh, A good happening generally makes us feel happy, and a bad happening makes us feel unhappy. And it's always a feeling or an emotion. Well, if you're like me, your feelings and emotions are constantly changing. Constantly. Sometimes we're up and we're happy. Sometimes we're down and we're unhappy. And that can change almost from one minute to the next. In a sense, our feelings and emotions are like a roller coaster, like a merry-go-round at a carnival. Whatever's happening in a given moment causes us to feel happy or unhappy. It, it's, it's really that simple. We don't need to make that complex at all. The advertising industry knows all too well about happy and unhappy. Most television commercials, radio ads, and print ads like you get with the newspaper uh, are selling some, and like you get in the mail every day, are selling something that appeals to your emotions and your feelings. For example... Buying this particular vehicle will make you happy. Eating this food will make you happy. And not eating their food, that'll make you unhappy. If you don't have this type of phone, you're going to be very unhappy. Our insurance will make you happy. This particular shampoo will make your hair shine and you will be happy. For ladies, I guess more than men, wearing these shoes will make you happy and accepted by your friends. And so advertising goes on and on and on. And you might notice this, the next time you watch a television commercial, 
They never talk about this thing or this whatever will make you joyful. It's always this will make you happy. And they know that happy is an emotion or a feeling because their commercials are always changing in order to catch that emotion to make you happy. That's just part of our lives. Well, but keep this in mind, you know, I'm kind of I'm, I'm focusing on happy or unhappy here, but these are emotions that God created us with. God created us with our emotions, ranging from happy to unhappy and everything in between. So don't, don't disparage, don't discount your emotions. They're, they're legitimate. God gave them to us. Um, let yourself feel all your emotions and feelings. That's part of who we are as humans. But learn to bring them under control of Holy Spirit. That, that's the key here. And let, let me just throw this in for free. Never, never, never make an important decision based on emotions. Let me say that again. Never, never, never make an important decision based upon emotions or decisions. That's particularly true of any of you like me who are still teenagers. Train yourself with Holy Spirit's inner power. You can't do it by yourself. Train yourself with Holy Spirit's inner power not to live your life primarily by your emotions and feelings, but by your will. And I'll talk about our will in, in a few minutes. <clears throat> some of you, some of us, but some of you, never experience God's deep-seated joy because you let your emotions run wild and free and, and never bring them under God's control. God is not going to harm you if you put your emotions and feelings under his control. I mean, that, that, if God is who we really say he is, that he's, his basic character is love, his basic nature is to love us, he's not going to harm us if we put our feelings under his control. Psalm 119.68 uh, for example, says, and in all these biblical references, um, I'm using the Passion Translation or some of my own paraphrases. But Psalm 119.68 says this, God is altogether good and absolutely everything he does is good. God is always working for your ultimate good and especially, you'll, you'll know that, especially if you surrender your emotions to his control. He's not going to harm you. All right, let's look at joy then. We've already looked at happy and unhappy. Um, <clears throat> joy, first of all, I, I'll keep saying this. Teachers learn in teacher training that you have to say something 12 times before it begins to register. 
So check me out. I'm going to say this about 12 times. Uh, joy has nothing to do with our, happening, with, with our feelings and our emotions or with happenings. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit listed in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Familiar verse. Everybody, every preacher preaches on joy. I'm going to list nine uh, fruits of the Holy Spirit listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And here's how they're listed in the Passion Translation. Number one, God's divine love, fruit of the Spirit. Number two, overflowing joy, fruit of the Spirit. Number three, peace that subdues. Number four, patience that endures. Number five, kindness in action. Number six, a life lived with goodness. Number seven, faith that prevails. Number eight, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. You might want to just contrast those nine fruits of the Holy Spirit with some of the fruits of evil, for example, that Jesus spoke about in one of his biographies, the Gospel of Mark. Here's what he says in Mark 7. Here are some of the fruits of evil. Evil schemes, sexual immorality, theft, murder, greed, treachery, jealousy, gossip, slander, and arrogance. Those are fruits of, of the human heart, the evil in our hearts. Contrast and compare those with the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, there are many other fruits of both the Holy Spirit and evil listed throughout the entire Bible, um, many of them in, in the New Testament. Okay. How do we get joy? And what does joy do for us? First, like we just read, joy originates with the Holy Spirit. And it's part of his very, his very character, part of his very nature. We sometimes, sometimes the Holy Spirit has been called the forgotten third person of the Trinity. But he is a person. And he has feelings and, and joy and goodness. That's part of his, his very nature. And so uh, we get joy from the Holy Spirit. It originates with him. It's part of his nature. We cannot conjure up joy all by ourselves. We can't grit our teeth and create our own joy. It just it doesn't work that way. Don't even try it. Here's what happens when we invite Jesus into our lives at whatever point in our lives we do that or however we do that. It's called conversion or being born again or saved or whatever. When that happens, uh, Jesus comes to live inside of us in his unbodied form, the Holy Spirit, and joy is part of the package. It's a package deal. We get forgiveness of sin, cleansing from sin. We get hope for this life and the future. We get hope for a home in, in uh, Jesus' kingdom. We get a, a new, growing, eternal relationship with the Father and, and a host of other named and unnamed abundant benefits that are promised to us. 
we begin a brand new eternal life. I'll just throw this in for free. Eternal life isn't something you get when you die and go to heaven. It's something you get now. You get God's very own life inside of you now. And one other benefit is that we receive the joy of Holy Spirit. That's part of the package. So joy is a deep, settled, satisfying, abiding fruit of a Holy Spirit within us. And there's an old song that says the world can't give it and the world can't take it away. Having Holy Spirit's joy, I might point this out, doesn't mean we, we go through all of our days with silly grins on our faces or laughing or smiling or feeling hilarious or giddy, um, anything of that nature or you know, always cracking jokes or whatever. There's a word for some of that, it's called hypocrite, where we pretend to have joy to impress other people or for whatever reason. It doesn't work. People see through us. <laughs> we, get, we fool ourselves so much to think that we are one thing when other people see right through us. So anyhow, here's joy. It's resolving once and for all to have a deep, settled satisfactory relationship with Father God through Jesus. Again, happy is a feeling or an emotion changes like the winds that change all the time. Joy doesn't change. It's an unchanging fruit of Holy Spirit within us. And we obtain Holy Spirit's joy by an act of our will. Now, I want to define our will. So here's a definition of will. It's the power of controlling our own thoughts and behavior with the inner power of Holy Spirit. It's when we make quality, rock-solid decisions that remain fixed and unchanging no matter the circumstances. I'll say that again. Our will, your will, it's the power of controlling your own thoughts and behavior with the inner power of Holy Spirit. It's to make quality, rock-solid decisions that remain fixed and unchanging no matter the circumstances. Your will is deeper than just mere wishes or mere desires. It's, it's your inner self. It's your core self. Uh, that part of you that makes decisions and controls what you do and controls who you are. Your emotions are not that deep inner part of you. They're always on the surface. Um, and your will is the source of all your actions and behavior. Uh, in fact, our, psychologically speaking, our emotions should be the servants of our will, which is the inner controller. Now I said part of that definition is to learn to control our thoughts and actions. For years I didn't believe that. I did not believe I could control my thoughts and actions. And I still can't, completely in any sense of the word. But I have learned that by inner power of Holy Spirit, uh, 
I have a measure of control over my own thoughts and actions. Our thoughts just don't fly around loose up here and come and go, you know, we have no, no control over them. We do with the inner power of Holy Spirit to a large measure. And I didn't believe that for years. Uh, I might add too that many people experience a lot of unrest and confusion. I'm talking about believers as well as pre-believers. Experience a lot of unrest and confusion in their relationship with God because they allow these ever-changing emotions to govern their lives instead of their wills. God has given us, you, inner power to control your emotions and inner power to exercise your will under his control. It's actually a type of joint control, you and God cooperating in the control of your will. We do have inner power to acquire God's joy by using our wills. We really do. Well, let's begin to look at some examples of joy in the Bible. First with Jesus. Here's, here's the greatest example of Jesus' joy. It's in Hebrews 12, 2, and I paraphrased it. Jesus birthed faith within us, and he leads us to grow our faith. His example is this, because his heart and will were focused on the joy ahead of him, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits at the right hand of God's throne. Jesus could endure that horrible agony and torture of the cross because he knew what was beyond the cross. And there are some who feel, and and I do too, that the joy that Jesus was seeing on the other side was you and me. He was seeing he was seeing us, and that brought him enough joy to take him through the cross. Psalm 40, verse 8, tells us our response to, to God's will in, in, in fulfilling God's will. It says, I, it, a simple statement, I take joy in doing your will, God. How about that? Do you take joy in fulfilling God's will? One reason many people don't experience Holy Spirit's deep abiding joy, uh, first of all, is because their response to God was an emotional response. Um, I think that's the reason, too, why some believers in Jesus um, backslide a lot or, or fall away and leave him, then have to continually renew their commitment to him. In other words, they get born again, again, and again, and again, and again, uh, because their response to him was an act of emotion, not, not will. And you know people like that. I do. Maybe you're, maybe you're one of those. Constantly having to get born again, 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 again. Constantly having to reconsecrate yourself. I might mention this too. 
and I felt this way for years, that many people are, are almost afraid of surrendering themselves or consecrating themselves to follow God's will as though God might somehow mess up their lives or make them do something they don't want to do or go somewhere they don't want to go. I think that happens a lot with teenagers. They're afraid if they follow God's will, he'll send them to Tanzania to work with poor people or lepers. Uh, our Father's very nature, his very character is love. If you love someone, you don't mess up their lives. That, that just, that's not the way it works. You parents know that. If our lives get messed up, as mine has at times, it's because we haven't turned our wills over to God for his control. We, 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 we've just chosen to live our own self-centered and self-absorbed lives instead of God-centered lives. I mean, it's really that simple. We make it too complex. The, the very essence of sin is that I want my own way. I want to control my own life instead of turning my life over to God's control. And we mess up our lives. God doesn't mess up our lives. Okay. I said this again. Here's the 12 times you say something. Uh, we need to make our, our relationship with God an act of our wills, not our emotions. Then we begin to experience the reality of, of references in the Bible like Nehemiah 8.10, which says very simply, the joy of God is my strength. I don't have a whole lot of strength to deal with life all by myself. I live long enough to know that. But the joy of God can be my strength. There are down times in each of our lives um, there are dark periods, there are periods of grief when we lose a loved one or mourning, sorrow. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, we may weep through the night, but at daybreak that will turn into ecstatic joy. And some of you who've lost loved ones grieved recently have experienced that. Listen to David in Psalm 51 verse 12 as he and re-consecrated himself to God by an act of his will after he had sinned on one occasion. He says, let my passion for life be restored, tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me. Hold me close to you because my spirit is willing to obey whatever you tell me to do. Well, what about happiness and joy in my own life? Well, I'll get right down to it here. Part of my own childhood, parts of my own childhood, there was some happiness and with episodes of unhappiness. I honestly don't remember ever experiencing authentic joy as a child and young person. Um, maybe I did, I didn't recognize it, but I don't, I don't think so. Well, at age 18, <clears throat> 
I invited Jesus to take a permanent residence in my life in his unbodied form of Holy Spirit and joy that I had never experienced before began to flow through my life because Holy Spirit's joy is part of that package of receiving Jesus. However, there's always a glitch. During my adult life, I've experienced three episodes of very deep depression, one of them lasting for six long years. Ask Anne what a terrible, terrible thing that is. She had to put up with that for six long years years. I, I don't know how she did. <clears throat> I don't know why I had depression. I'm very grateful I don't have it anymore and I don't want to have it again. Um, psychologically, I, I don't think I ever lost joy during that depression. I think the, the joy just goes underground. The, the, the mental depression suppresses the spirit spiritual joy. I, I think that's what happens. So since my last period of depression ended in 2008, just two years before we came to destiny, so none of you ever saw me in that depressed state. Well, Bob, you did. My wife did, of course. Um, not a pleasant sight. But I have once again experienced joy since 2008, and I never want to go back to that depression. Thank, thank God for his deliverance from that. Okay, I want to begin looking and examining some other expressions uh, in the Bible let's, of joy. Let's begin again by looking briefly at joy in Jesus' life. We've already examined how he could endure the cross for the joy that was beyond it. Now here's what Jesus himself says in John 15, 11. Speaking to his disciples, that's us. These things I have told you about me being the vine and you being the branches are true. Our Father wants me to bear much fruit through you. I've told you these things so you'll have my true joy and so that it may be full and overflowing in you and that you will never be without my joy. That's quite a statement by Jesus. So let's look at joy in the lives of believers through our relationship with Father and the Holy Spirit. Here's a general promise of joy, not only for Jesus' believers, but for all people. You can think about that. Some people think joy is just for Jesus' believers. Uh, you've heard this before, at least you hear it once a year, every December. Then the angels said to the shepherds, don't be afraid for I've been sent by God to bring you good news of great joy for everyone, everywhere. What a promise. Here's what Psalm 1611 says, God, you will guide me along right paths to take during my journey in life. When I'm with you, I'm full of joy. At your right hand, parentheses, where Jesus sits on his throne beside you, is full and complete joy. Here's Psalm 50, or Psalm 30, verse 5. We may have sorrow and weep for various reasons, often during the night, but at daybreak it will turn into ecstatic joy. 
The ancient prophet Isaiah had a lot to say about joy 2,700 years ago. God, you are my salvation. I will trust you and not be afraid for you are my inner strength and give me songs. With joy, I will pull up buckets of living water from your well of salvation. He was talking about living water 2,700 years before the time of Jesus. That's in Isaiah chapter 12. He says this too, Isaiah. God's redeemed people will return to him with singing. They will experience everlasting joy in their spirits and minds. They shall have joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing will flee from them. That's Isaiah 35. Finally, Isaiah promises this to God's people, to us. God consoles those who mourn and gives them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, clothing of praise replaces their spirit of heaviness. It's Isaiah 61. Listen to what the Apostle Paul has to say in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not about religion or religious rules, but it's about living with Holy Spirit, filled with right living, peace, and joy. Here's what Paul says in Romans 15, 13 that Diane uh, quoted earlier. Now may God, the source and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope and joy. Here's what James says in his book of the Bible, the brother of Jesus, by the way. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up Holy Spirit's power within you to endure all things. That's James 1, 2. Finally, here's what Peter wrote. You love Jesus passionately, although you've never seen him. But through believing in him, you're saturated with ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory, for you are reaping the harvest of your faith, the full salvation promised you. That's 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter mentions faith, so now I want to briefly uh, try to describe faith and talk about that just a little bit. Where does faith come into play in this matter of acquiring Holy Spirit's joy? Simply stated, our faith and our will together are how we receive joy from the Holy Spirit. Okay, some of you may be thinking to yourselves, well, other people seem to have faith. I'm not sure I have faith or, or much faith. Um, maybe you're one of those people who just never seems to have much faith. I, I want to say that that's categorically not true. If you say things like that to yourself or to anybody else, it's not true, it's a lie. It's a lie. The Bible is very clear Romans 12, 3, for example, 
God has given faith to every human being. Not just to believers, every human being. God has given faith to every human being. Moreover, he has custom-tailored it just for you. You have faith. Don't believe the lie. Don't say that you don't have faith. Faith is very real. Hebrews chapter 11 defines it. Faith is unseen, but it's as real as air and molecules and cells and things you can't see. It has substance. It's very real. It's a real entity. It's not sort of a wispy, vague hope or desire that you have or don't have. It's real. It has substance. It's unseen. And God has given you faith. Period. Custom tailored just for you. So it's not your faith here that's the issue. It's what you do with it. Using your faith is nothing more than trusting and believing God when he says he either has done something for you or will do something for you. That's all it is. Believing and trusting God when he says he has done something for you or will do something for you or is doing something for you. Just for example, I'll bet most of you have no difficulty in believing that this great God can control the entire universe, has no trouble day by day, taking care of all the stars and everything, and yet you have trouble believing that he's given you faith. Okay, starting to come to the end here. It's, uh, it comes down to a matter of using your faith. Really, your, your faith is of no value if you don't use it. It's like money. What good is money if you don't use it? Uh, if you just keep your faith bottled up inside of you, it doesn't do you any good. It's the object or focus of your faith that's important. You can keep your faith to yourself or you can focus it on God and use it uh, release it to sort of activate God in your life. Our faith brings unreal things, so to speak, into reality if we use it and release it to God. Faith will bring us joy if we release it to God and then allow the Holy Spirit to operate his joy inside of us. So I'm going to begin to close now with this, getting, getting close to the end. The rest of your life could be the best of your life. The rest of your life could be the best of your life could be full of unspeakable and uncontainable joy and great purpose and adventure as my life has been. I've been on this journey with Jesus 
this journey with joy for many, many years. And it has been an adventure. Ups and downs, but it's been an adventure. And you get to choose. You get to choose. And I want to say this. You have to picture this sort of. Our human joy comes from the joy that the Father, Son, and Spirit have together as they fellowship together and enjoy one another's company and laugh, maybe even giggle together. I don't know. But their joy spills over into our lives, and that's where our joy comes from. So I want to encourage you to reach out with your own God-given faith and your will and grab the joy of God freely offered you by Holy Spirit. Um, in just a couple minutes, I'm going to ask you, if you're interested in grabbing the Holy Spirit's joy, if you don't have it now or if you once had it and you quenched it or whatever, to come up here, honestly. Just walk up here in a few minutes and uh, some of us will pray for you. We're not going to touch you. We're going to wear our masks. We'll stand a little distance from you. And um, we're going to just very briefly, it's going to take a couple of minutes, um, ask Holy Spirit to activate his joy in your life. So I want you, as I'm saying, right this second, begin to kind of activate your, your faith and your will. And we're going to ask you to come up here and... Uh, Set your will and your faith to receive the Holy Spirit's joy to stay with you and abide with you the rest of your life. So, Derek, should I go ahead with that now? And then, okay, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to put my mask on. And uh, if you really, seriously want to experience uh, Holy Spirit's joy in a way you haven't before, or re-experience it, reignite that, release your faith, uh, set your will for that, and come on up. We had a number of people come up during the early service, and I expect there are going to be a few of you here. Um, I know that there's one of you in particular that you, this depression is coming and going and up and down, and and you need to replace that with Holy Spirit's joy. Um, you don't need to be embarrassed. We're not going to do anything weird. Come on, just going to take a couple of minutes here. Why don't you go over to Pam? I'm not going to touch you. Okay, just uh, follow my lead here. Uh, in Jesus' name, my brother, I know the ups and downs you've had, and you want a more satisfying, constant joy in your life. And so I'm encouraging you right now to release your faith, set your will and receive Holy Spirit's joy in a new way that it shall never leave you, his uncontainable, unspeakable joy. Thank you, Father. I pray for my sister. 
she needs to experience her joy in some respects for the first, very first time. She's, she's had tastes of it in the past. But I, uh, I encourage you right now to release your faith, exercise your will, receive Holy Spirit's joy to abide with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's it, Derek. All right, I'm doing a lot of stuff this morning, so hopefully I got everything covered here. Sound and video and closing and praying and... Uh, So, thank you so much, Bill. It's so great when we have uh, other voices. You know, I love hearing Pastor Sean speak, uh, but when we hear a different voice, it kind of resets our focus. And uh, you know, when you hear the same voice over and over again, you kind of tune it out like you're tuning me out now. Uh, the same voice. But uh, anyway, it's so great to hear different voices, and uh, it's, it's, it's important that we realize that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that works through me and that works through Pastor Sean is the same Holy Spirit that works through all of you. And... and uh, we're only up here because it's our job, not because we're the only people to hear from God. And so we love it when we get to uh, share the platform as it, were, as it were. You know, Jesus is always the headline, but man, he's got gifts in all of us. We love sharing that out. So, um, you know, Jesus spent a bunch of time with his disciples in, uh, in the book of John. Uh, there's this part where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, the father loves you because you love me. And he's, had, he's having this big, long conversation with him. And finally, the disciples kind of are like, fine, we believe that God sent you. You can stop now. We believe you. And Jesus replies, do you finally believe? Like, do you really, though? Do you? I don't know. But uh, Jesus continues and says, the time is coming and is here now uh, when you're going to be scattered. You guys are going to go to the ends of the earth, and you're going to leave me here alone. But I'm not going to be alone because the Father is with me. And then Jesus continued, he says, I've told you all of this. I've told you that the Father's gonna be with me. I've told you that the Father loves you because you love me. I've told you all the stories about him. I've told you everything that I've told you so that you could have peace in me. Jesus continued, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Jesus says, hey, life is hard sometimes. Sometimes stuff's gonna happen that doesn't make sense. Sometimes stuff's gonna happen that isn't right. Sometimes stuff's gonna happen that tears you up on the inside because that's life. But, Jesus says, but take heart because I've overcome the world. If you're listening today and you want to experience this joy for the first time, maybe you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, but, but you're, you're, you're hearing this and you're like, man, I want that joy in my life. I want, I want to know what they're talking about. I want to experience that. Well, I've got something great to tell you. Holy Spirit's already been calling you and already been drawing you and your, your relationship with Jesus, your journey with Jesus has already begun. So today I want to give you an opportunity to put some words to what your heart's already doing, some, uh, some language to where you're already going. And you know, if you're listening today and you, you want to experience his joy in your life and you've considered yourself a Christian, you've been a Christian, but you just haven't really experienced this joy. Or maybe you did and now you're not. Maybe, maybe life kind of wore you down and, and 
maybe just depression and anxiety has, has taken the joy from you. Well, first of all, there's no shame. There's no shame. Jesus had moments where he was like, God, take this away. Okay, Jesus understands. He, he had moments where he was down, but he didn't live there, and he doesn't mean for us to live there either. So I want to give you some words to help you kind of redirect your steps, redirect your focus, and kind of, kind of guide you into where you want to go. If, you, if you're either of those people, either online or in-house, please just repeat, repeat after me. And hopefully I'll say it correctly this time because last service I messed up, messed up up. It was pretty funny. Jesus, I want to experience joy the way that you mean for me to experience joy. I want to experience joy the way you experience joy. Jesus, help me to follow Holy Spirit the same way you do. Holy Spirit, guide me as you guide Jesus. Help me to only do what you are doing. Jesus, I thank you for dying for me, for saving me, for loving me, and for giving me the ability to walk in joy no matter what is going on in this world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.